Anybody know what day? Uh, anybody know what day it was on Saturday the or Tuesday the twenty first of September? Oh, well done. <laughs> Too many smart Alex about here. Tuesday the twenty first of September was World Gratitude Day, and um, and so I just want to I just want to spend some time this morning, uh, sharing some thoughts around gratitude being grateful, being thankful. And some of what we share this morning is going to be scattered throughout the next number of Sundays. Um, we thought it would be remiss of us to welcome Americans into our family and not acknowledge Thanksgiving towards the end of November. And so over the next couple of months, we're just going to scatter some, uh, some thoughts, what we feel like the Lord's saying to us around this, um, around this topic. If you were on the call on Wednesday night, um, Dad sort of concluded our time reminding us of this verse in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 18. Um, Pray without ceasing and give thanks. Be thankful in all circumstances. As I've been reading through the Gospels again this week and uh, in the Gospel of Luke at the moment, I find myself with this idea of gratitude the significance, the importance, the benefits of being a grateful people and once again looking to the example of Jesus and, and seeing moments of where he just stops in the middle of what he's doing in order to give thanks. Often, and that's it's probably the case for many of us, often it's to stop to give thanks for food. We see that in the life of Jesus when, he, when he's feeding the 5,000 or he's feeding the 4,000, he stops and he takes the bread and he, he gives thanks. You see moments where he, he, he pauses and he, upon conversation with his disciples, he stops and he gives thanks because they've understood, they've experienced revelation, and, and, and Jesus is thankful for that. But as we think about what we've been looking at on our Wednesday nights, uh, looking at the listening life, I was so struck by what Jesus, uh, by what Jesus prayed uh, around the graveside of Lazarus, around the tomb of Lazarus. He, he stopped in the middle of all, the, all that was going on and he turned towards the Father and he said, Father, I am grateful that you have listened to me. I'm grateful that you have listened to me. And, and Jesus goes on, I know that, you, in fact, I know that you always listen to me. And these are just some reflections that, that uh, just, began to meditate on, no one partly acknowledging. It hasn't grabbed a hold across the world as the, as the founders of World Gratitude Day would hoped it would. But it began in 1965 in Hawaii, and it was just the idea that something would happen across the world on, on this day. And so I'm, so I'm trying to acknowledge that. And then Dad on, Dad on Wednesday night brings this verse, and, and there's a go again to the life of Jesus. I see Jesus saying, Father, I'm so grateful. I'm so thankful that you hear me. I'm so thankful that you listen. I know that you always listen to me. Let me read a reflection from N.T. Wright. When we learn to read the story of Jesus and see it as the story of the love of God doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. That insight produces again and again a sense of astonished gratitude 
which is very near the heart of authentic Christian experience. So these, some of the thoughts that I've shared that have been, that just began to, to go over in my mind, I come across this quote and I'm, I feel like I'm confronted by it. I feel like when we've learned, when, when he writes in, when we've learned to read the story of Jesus, when we see it as a story of the love of God, that insight again and again produces an astonished gratitude. And if I was just like probably convicted and really hungry in equal measure, convicted that that is not always my experience. It's not always my takeaway from looking through the story of Jesus. It's not always to come away. It's not to engage with nature or whatever it is, wherever it is that you find yourself most engaged with the, the person and the story of Jesus. Sometimes, oftentimes, I think, unfortunately, I don't. The insights don't produce a sense of astonished gratitude, and I'm longing. And again, I continue to hear the challenge of, of David's story last Sunday morning. I'm desperate. I feel like there's just a hunger for an authentic Christian experience. An astonished gratitude is at the very heart of that. Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 and 7. There will be times over the next number of months where we'll, where we'll, where we'll zone in and, and camp around a particular passage. This morning I just want to take you to a few different places. I've already looked at 1 Thessalonians 5, um, that verse, if, you're, if you wanted to know where it was, it's John chapter 11, verse 41, when Jesus said that he's, Father, I'm grateful that you've listened. Um, but Colossians chapter 2, the New Living Translation, talks about how now that you've accepted Jesus Christ as Lord, and now that you've done that, you must continue to follow him. And here's the interesting thing. I really had never seen this before. Paul goes on to say, let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built in him and your faith will go strong. So I'm really familiar with Colossians 2, verse 6 and 7. So value the, this, this exhortation that Paul brings to the, to, to the people of Colossae. And now that you've followed him, let your roots be found in him, that your lives be built on him and your faith will go strong. And somehow I missed this last wee bit. Somehow I missed the last, last wee part of uh, verse 7. Then your faith will go strong and you will overflow with thankfulness. I don't know how I missed it. It's going to be, an, it's, that's, what, that's how you're going to know. That's how you're going to know how rooted, how built, how much your life is built on him, how much of your, what you do and what you say overflows with thankfulness. <clears throat> this is what Eugene Peterson says in the message version. My counsel for you is simple and straightforward. Just go ahead with what you've been given. You've received Jesus Christ, the master. Now live in him. You're deeply rooted in him. You're well constructed upon him. You know your way around the faith. Now do what you've been taught. I feel like Eugene Peterson is really, this is a bit of a bugbear for schools out. Quit studying the subject and start living it. 
and then let your living spill over into thanksgiving. So honestly, there's just these reflections and these thoughts and and almost don't know how to articulate it, but that sort of image of my living overflowing into thanksgiving. There's just something about this that was... um, felt it was just creating a hunger and a desire in me to know what it would be like to be a person filled with gratitude, to be someone that gives thanks in all circumstances. And I'm so glad that Paul to the Thessalonians didn't say, give thanks, be thankful for all circumstances, because I would find that really hard. He said to be thankful in all circumstances. Again, I'm sorry if like, you, you prefer to camp around one verse and went to Thessalonians, to John, to Colossians. Now, just for a moment, let's go back to the beginning. And I just, I, I, as I continue to, to try and make this as, as real in my own life as I possibly can, I find myself going back to the story where it all began and the argument can be made, I think, that the first sin was a failure in gratitude. The first sin was a failure in gratitude. And, and so if you were to go back and you were to read the two creation accounts, two different accounts that we have of the creation story in Genesis 1 and Genesis 2. And in Genesis 1, verse 29 and 30, we see, we see we'll not read it, but essentially we see that God has given them all that they need. He's given them the land and the trees and the, all, that they, all that they need. And it goes even further than that. He, goes, he, he instructs them to be fruitful and to multiply. And it goes even further than that. And he says that subdue the earth and rule, rule, rule over the fish of the sea and the land, the birds and the, of the air and the animals and the land. Subdue and rule. He actually is inviting humanity to share in his rule, to participate, to be participants in his kingdom. At the risk of going off on a tangent, there's just something in my spirit just was so stirred as, um, as the guys led us in that song. There's power in the name of Jesus to break every chains, but there's also an army rising up. It's not an either or. And I know that we have moments where the, where the the generous, miraculous power of Jesus can do something incredible without us. But, but the pattern, the, the, what it seems to be is that he is inviting us to participate, to be fellow participants in seeing his kingdom come. And it's going to take the power in the name of Jesus and it's going to take an army to rise up to see chains being broken, to see lives restored and people made whole. And that's been the heart of, of the Father, I'm convinced, right from the beginning. Gives us all that we need, invites us to share in his rule, to be participants in his kingdom. And we're told in, in, the, in the second account of the creation story, in Genesis 2 verse 9, that it's just perfect. And it's, it's good for the eyes. And it's good for their bodies. It's, it's just, it, it's, it's pleasurable. And it made me think of, it made me think of Christmas. And I'm, I can't believe I've used the word Christmas. End of September. But I was thinking of, um, 
after the show. I was thinking of, uh, it was Reuben's birthday yesterday, it was great to celebrate and give gifts and all of that. Um, that's, more, that's more a reflection on you, Neville, I think, than <laughs> your daughter. <laughs> um, but I, was thinking of, I was thinking of Christmas, and this, we've experienced this at times. Hopefully, as the, our ones have got a bit older, it doesn't happen as much. But almost at times the embarrassment of, of coming home after a day going around grandparents, I blame grandparents actually, I'm going to pass the buck, um, coming back home from visiting grandparents and the boot of the car is filled with gifts, filled with presents, full of toys. And they scan around all that they've been given and what do they want? They, want, they, want, they seem to want the one thing that isn't theirs. They seem to want the thing that doesn't belong to them. In spite of all that they've been given, in spite of all the effort and the energy that's been poured over to make it good for the eyes and to make it as good experience as possible, they look around all that they've been given and they want the one thing that doesn't belong to them. They want the one thing that they can't have. And I couldn't help but think of, um, I'm sure not just kids are guilty of this, um, but what is the thought that comes to your mind when you see your kids do that? That is so ungrateful. All that you've been given. Try to, try to meet all your needs and even all your wants and fulfill all your desires and like enjoy a day together and celebrate and all of that. And how ungrateful whenever you go to the one thing that they can't, that doesn't belong to you. You go to the one thing that you can't have and that's why I would suggest that the, fir the first sin the first sin of humanity, the first sin that entered the world was a failure in gratitude, celebrating all that they've been given all that God had done to make this a perfect place to meet all their needs to share in his rule, to participate in what he wanted to do and they still turned to the one thing that they couldn't have that didn't belong to them. How ungrateful. And so it's really easy then, to, it's really easy to try and find examples for, for kids or it's really easy to go, isn't it? It's really, really easy to go to Adam and Eve. They, they, get, they get the most blame. But actually, how grateful have I felt this week? So over the last couple of days, that thought, that is the thought that just has lingered. How grateful have I felt this week? And so I know that, like, if your home's like ours, you, we do, we, like, we gather around the table every dinner time and we say thank you for the food. And so if you're on the surface, you would ask, have you felt grateful this week? Well, I could say, yeah, I've given thanks for my food every day. Every evening I've given thanks for my food. I'll say, yes, I've been grateful this week. But I've wanted, I've, I've wanted to. I've wanted to push that a bit further. I've wanted to go deeper with this. I've wanted to know what about the conscious, intentional giving thanks. And that, and that begins, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not as quick to answer the question when it's this stopping, this conscious turning towards the Father of lights, the giver of all good gifts. And intentionally turning towards him to give thanks. How grateful have I felt this week?
And then this is the question, and this is the question that I would love us to hold. This is the question I'd love us to reflect on over the next number of weeks. Could our lives be any more different if we were more grateful? Would our lives look differently if we were more grateful? See, the, the end part of 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 18 says, Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Sometimes we're, we, we get sucked into wanting to know the will of God for our lives. What is his will? Would well, you want to know one of, do you want to know what his will is? That you'd be thankful in all circumstances? Would my life look any more different if I was convinced that it was God's will for me to be thankful in all circumstances? So, so hold this. I'm encouraging you to hold this over the next number of weeks. Could your life, could our lives collectively be any different if we were more grateful? And we're not going to spend time looking at it today, but I've, I've sort of went down a rabbit hole with this. And I found myself like looking at research, looking at the history of gratitude, how exciting was my week? Looking at like, just like going and looking at all this research, all of this science, and there is a marked difference. There is a marked difference in the health and the well-being of a person who is grateful, who is thankful. And I know sometimes whenever you're up here preaching, you'll go looking for, you'll Google something to try and make sure what you want to say can be backed up. And oftentimes you can say anything and you'll find something on Google that'll back it up. But endless, endless research is done. No matter where you look, no matter what place you go to to look at the research, extensive research that has been done around this. Like this is, a, this, we're talking about, this is a, it's a theological issue, of course, but it's, we're talking about our health and our well-being here too. And the marked difference in the health and well-being of a person who is grateful, who gives thanks in all circumstances. And the grateful thinking Grateful thinking reaps emotional, physical, and interpersonal benefits. Remarkable. It causes us, there's, a, there's, there's one study they looked at that talked about how it causes us to be resilient, being a people who are grateful. An ability to give thanks in all circumstances creates a resilience in challenging times. And so I feel like it's something that's really important for us as we find ourselves in in, in times that have been and, and inevitably continue to be challenging? What if we were incredibly countercultural? I feel like we're doing that with our listening series. I feel like we're doing that as we talk about gratitude because as you, if you engage in social media at all, if you take any time to look at the news or even any other sector, it feels like we're failing at giving thanks. It feels like we're failing at even communal, corporate thanksgiving. And I think that's important. I think it's important because what we want to talk about, and I think what, what even Paul in some ways, maybe indirectly, would be teaching us is that this is more than a private practice. There is an element of gratitude that is, that is a challenge to the me, but I think there is an element of gratitude that is also um, really about we and I want us to be reflecting on that how can, how can gratitude being a people of thanksgiving benefit and strengthen community because I am convinced it does and again I want to take you to somebody who backs up 
what I'm trying to say. But he comes highly recommended. Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Um, can't question. You can question me, but you, surely you're not going to question Dietrich Bonhoeffer. But this is what he said. The path to gratitude in Christ-centered community was submission. We must first submit our own agendas and dreams entirely to create the space for gratitude to be cultivated and Christ to be truly centered. And then it's, it's almost like he chastises here. He says we pray for the big things and forget to give thanks for the ordinary small, in brackets, and yet really not small, gifts. How can God entrust great things to one who will not give thanks daily for the Christian fellowship in which we have been placed, even when there is no great experience, no discoverable riches, but much weakness, small faith, and difficulty? If, on the contrary, we only keep complaining to God that everything is so paltry and petty, so far from what we expected, then we hinder God from letting our fellowship grow according to the measure and the riches which are there for us all in Jesus Christ. And that's a lengthy quote, a lot to get our heads around in that. But it's really him speaking about this idea of gratitude and what gratitude will do to a community, what it will do to a church community, and I believe what it would do to wider community as well. And so again, I come back to myself. Maybe I am thankful, maybe I am grateful in private, but it is it making any difference? Is it reflecting in my wider common life? And it's not just this. That, like that, that's where the rubber hits the road, whether it's in gratitude or whatever it is. We can be thankful in private, showing attitude of gratitude in private, but it, is it making any difference in our wider common life? I'm not even going to get to the history of gratitude. You'd be gutted to hear. But I'll finish with um, finish with this quote, and then I'll pray. Um, over the last couple of years, one of my favorite authors has been a, a Catholic theologian called Ronald Rollheiser. And I love what he says. I love how succinct he makes this. Gratitude is the basis of all holiness. The holiest person you know is the most grateful person you know. Gratitude is the basis of all holiness. The holiest person you know is the most grateful person you know. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get delved too far into this, but I do wanna say I do wanna say this. There is a Not only is gratitude a feeling, but years going back, like right back centuries, gratitude was almost, it was like, it was law. And, and, and there's still some moments that I see it, see it even now. It was, it was understood as obligatory to repay a favor. It was used by people in positions of influence or power to, to, to dominate, to use uh, it was used, gratitude was used as a means of power and control. It was so foundational to society. And why it was harder for men to be more grateful than women was because 
this idea of gratitude to repay a favor or to be in debt to someone just rubbed against the grain of being self-sufficient. We have this idol of being self-sufficient and to be dependent on someone or be in someone's debt was a weakness. And again, just I just wanted to mention it because David, David spoke towards the end of our time of worship, just the, this idea of the importance, Paul talking about us being the body. And so Jesus doesn't give us the option of self-sufficiency. He doesn't give us this option of, of, of you're weak when you're dependent on someone. You're weak when you're dependent or you're in somebody else's debt. Because the prayer of Jesus in John 17 was that there would be one as we are one. And then as David has already alluded to, Paul uses this metaphor of the body that we need one another. The mutual reliance. Um, I think is really helpful language as, uh, as we consider what Paul was, was trying to teach. We need one another. To function well, you need each other. And so even when it comes to gratitude, being thankful, it's not just a private practice. It is something that benefits and strengthens community. And so I would love it that we almost got rid of that idea of of being self-sufficient, of feeling like we were in someone's debt because we have to show them that we are thankful. We have to pay back the favor that they have done for us. Just live mutually reliant on one another. Um, yeah, let me pray. Um, I, I, these are thoughts that Maybe it feels like I, I do this every Sunday, but sometimes there's a Sunday that just feels like these are these are so fresh, these thoughts that I'm stewing on. It feels like one of those Sundays again. I feel like people are saying in their heads, yeah, that's, that is definitely every Sunday. Let me pray. Father, thank you for, thank you for this time. Thank you for scriptures. Thank you for, uh, thank you for its thread. Thank you for the themes that we pick up from beginning to end. And obviously the importance from beginning to end of being a people who will turn their attention towards you and, and be thankful. Turn our attention even towards each other and be thankful. God, we live thankful Lives, God, that, that actually influence and shape our relationships with one another, that, that influence and shape our relationships with those around us that we rub shoulders with daily. Um, you got to pray that all these things that we would uh, attempt to do better privately would begin to overflow in what we do outside the walls of our home and the walls of our church. Well, yeah, Father, I just, um, I just echo the words of Jesus. Uh, Father, thank you that you are listening.
and I know that you always listen. I'm sure you listen to our, the meditation, the reflection of our hearts, the, 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 maybe the challenge, the conviction that we feel. I God, thank you that you don't shame us, you don't condemn us. God, but you're working for our good and for your glory. And so we submit ourselves to you and to one another again today. In Jesus' name, amen.